Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 63, Growing Self-Discipline. It's September 20th, 2022. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and podcaster. I also happen to be a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moscovich. Growing self-discipline. What a great topic. I know you're probably not too excited. I'm excited because I I love this topic. Now, I will say self-discipline is very, very interesting because it's been written about since the very beginning of time by the great philosophers and thinkers. So it's been written about for thousands of years. And what's very interesting is the research shows that Higher self-discipline correlates to higher happiness, which doesn't surprise me, but it might be a surprise to you. It also indicates that it's predictive for success in all areas. Now, in the research, there are two other terms they use besides self-discipline. One of them is conscientiousness, and the other one is willpower. So regardless of what you call it, this is something that's very valuable. And before you go beating yourself up, If you happen to be low in self-discipline or you're lacking self-discipline, you know, wherever you are about it, I'm requesting that you not beat yourself up because that's really not helpful. It doesn't feel good when you beat yourself up and it's not helpful. And this is a skill you can build and grow. It's a muscle that you build and grow with practice. So please don't beat yourself up. Just kind of open your mind and let the content kind of wash over you it really is amazing to be self-disciplined. So let's get going. What am I going to cover today? Well, I'm going to talk about defining self-discipline and a little bit about what it looks like in real life. Some benefits for having self-discipline. I'm going to talk about a healthy dose of self-compassion, reasons why people lack self-discipline. I'm going to talk to you about changing your focus, some tools to help you along the way, some suggestions to grow your self-discipline, and uh, some takeaways and uh, call to action. If you happen to be new to my content, I request that you visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com to enter my current giveaway, which is Look, Look, I Want a Book. And I'm giving away copies of my uh, self-improvement or self-help book. Now, I am going to be starting a gluten-free and allergy cookbook giveaway because I have copies of a former book that's no longer in print, aprons and some other goodies, and my new gluten-free and allergy cookbook to give away. And I really want to move this stuff. So that'll be up on the website in the next, I don't know, soon. So go to my website. So you might be able to win some free stuff. All right, now, but next is important, and that is my disclaimer. I am not a medical health professional or therapist in any capacity, and I don't want you to think that I am, because I'm not representing that, because I'm not. You, as a person, should get your medical or therapy advice from a licensed health care provider, of which I'm not. 
So that's that. Now, if you happen to be feeling hopeless or lost or suicidal or thinking of harming yourself, I'm asking you to stop and call the National Prevention Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. I am asking you to talk about it. I'm asking you to tell people, post it on social media, put it on your Snapchat, whatever you have to do. I promise you that there is help available, and I promise you that people will help you. Now, it might not be the people that you want to help you, but it is what it is. All right, so what is self-discipline and what does it look like? Well, the dictionary definition of self-discipline is the ability to control one's feelings and overcome one's weaknesses or the ability to pursue what one, what one thinks is right despite temptations to abandon it. Or another definition is to be able to control oneself and work hard or do what has to be done without anyone else having to tell you to do it or make you do it. Now, in psychology under the APA, uh, the, the definition of self-discipline is the control of one's impulses and desires foregoing immediate satisfaction in favor of long-term goals. And number two, resolute adherence to a regimen or course of action in order to achieve one's goals. Now, the synonyms for self-discipline are self-control, self-restraint, willpower, and it falls under self-mastery, although self-mastery is, is, is much more than just self-discipline. So what does it mean in real life when you have self-discipline? Well, it means that you, you go do what needs to be done. You, you put aside distractions or things that you'd really like to do in pursuit of the things that you should be doing. You stay on track with your vision for your life and your goals, you know, using those goals and your vision to pull yourself forward. Now, what's important is that self-discipline is a component or part of the executive functioning of the brain, which is wildly important, like it's extremely important, and, and it has to do with inhibitions. So your cognitive, your executive functioning of your brain is, is often um, developed at a younger age, but that being said, because of neuroplasticity of the brain, you can grow different aspects of the executive functioning of your brain over time. So you can grow self-discipline even, I don't care what age you are right now, but you can grow self-discipline and you can expand different parts of the executive functioning of your brain. I mean, that's what neuroplasticity of the brain means. You can grow and develop new neuronal pathways and you're not stuck to whatever you used to do or whoever you used to be. Now, just a couple little quick quotes to give you a little snapshot of some of the great um, philosophers or writers or, or leaders. So Epictetus said, first say to yourself what you would be and then do what you have to do. 
Plato said, for a man to conquer himself is the first and noblest of all victories. And uh, Marcus Aurelius said, you have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. So if you don't have self-discipline, just sit back and just let this wash over you because you can develop it. All right, so what are some of the benefits of self-discipline? Well, if you if you have self-discipline, you know them. And if you don't, I want you to I want to wet your whistle. I want to get you excited about, you know, this new this new skill or ability. So number one, it feels fantastic. Like you're gonna feel better because you're doing what you should do, or you're doing the things that you you know, if you set goals, you're working towards your goals, it will definitely help you be happier. And we know that from the research. It reduces anxiety, depression, and ruminations because you are actually doing what there is to do instead of thinking about doing what you should be doing or ruminating about the fact that you didn't. Uh, number three, it definitely helps you um, be happier because you're operating in integrity. And integrity is very important for peace of mind and other components. I have a whole podcast about that. And it will help you improve your life by pursuing goals because you'll have the self-restraint to actually act on your goals. It definitely improves trustworthiness and your credibility factor because People know they can count on you because you have self-discipline. You're going to show up. You're going to do what needs to be done. It can actually help you save money because you're not buying things you don't need because you have self-discipline. You're not paying, you know, things for things that you don't need. And you're not paying late fees and extra charges because you're paying your bills on time. And it can help you be self-discipline with, with finances, like overall finances and money. And it can also help further your career because employers like people who are self-disciplined. It's one of the things they look for. It can help you stay motivated. It, help, it can help you overcome obstacles and challenges. It can help you self-correct and make changes in your life. It's basically going to help you in any every area of your life. It definitely helps build emotional intelligence because you're learning and growing self-regulation, which is part of emotional intelligence. Um, it also helps building emotional intelligence because you're learning to say no to both temptations and distractions. I already mentioned peace of mind. That's priceless. And it helps you build admiration and respect from others because people really respect someone who's self-disciplined. They might not like it sometimes when you say, well, I really would love to do that, but I can't do that because I'm self-disciplined and I need to do X, Y, or Z. And lastly, it could, underscore could, it could be protective for addictions because it's very clear that self-discipline is a very critical piece in recovery from addictions. So it could be protective. So there's, you know, 15, 16 benefits for self-discipline. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, of course it would be nice for you to feel happier and feel better and not be ruminating or fussing, or, you know, having anxiety about the things you should have been doing or you should have done or you could be doing. It's a really helpful, it's a very, very helpful skill. So my next piece is I'm requesting that 
regardless of where you are on this topic, and by the way, I, mostly people who listen to my podcast are listening to topics that they think, hmm, I might, I might be able to use that. So I'm going to just take a stab and say you're either, you know, could build self-discipline or you might be low in self-discipline. My request is that you slather on a healthy dose of self-compassion. We all have something called our inner critic and our inner critic is never, almost never, almost always mean to us, not nice to us. Really, it's bad stuff the inner critic says. That's why it's called the inner critic and not like your best friend. So you, by listening to this podcast, are doing something that very few people will do, which is to take on your life. So my request is you have a healthy dose of self-compassion, that you're kind to yourself, and that you're not going to be harsh on yourself because that's really not helpful. So why is it that it seems like a lot of people lack self-discipline? Well, there's an awful lot of reasons why if you have low or little self-discipline, here are some of the reasons that might apply to you. So number one, low emotional abilities. And in this case, emotions kind of run your life and either emotional regulation is low or it might be absent. Sometimes people are overwhelmed in life. They don't know where to begin. They lack a purpose or a vision for their life. They lack goals to inspire them. They never saw self-discipline role modeled in their life. They justify or make excuses for their own behaviors or lack of behaviors. They are struggling with anxiety, depression, overthinking, catastrophizing, ruminations, or negative thinking. They are in denial about the condition or state of their life. They play the victim or martyr. They are embarrassed or ashamed by their life or their behavior or their circumstances or their past or something. They have sunk into resignation. Why bother? It never works out anyway. They feel trapped or stuck, and some people are actually trapped or stuck by their circumstances, at least temporarily. They have financial issues and can't find their way out. They are too exhausted to do anything but get through the day. They are dealing with a trauma or traumas or other painful life challenges. They have a health problem that impacts their life. They are a caregiver or have difficult circumstances and not enough support. They have disempowering attitudes and beliefs in life. They have low self-esteem. They have a cognitive distortion or think irrationally. Life has been too hard for too long for them to see other possibilities. They are being uh, defiant, you know, like an oppositional defiant uh, or they might have the oppositional defiant disorder or are being vengeful or spiteful trying to hurt someone else, but they're actually hurting themselves. Their ability, ability to function in life is low, so they lack coping skills and coping mechanisms. They are afraid that people will mock or laugh at them if they go for it, like if they go for their dream or go for something new. Or, and or life feels unsafe for them so therefore they avoid anything 
that takes them out of their comfort zone. That's 25 reasons why some people lack self-discipline. And there's nothing wrong with any of those reasons. They may or may not apply. By the way, there's more. <laughs> I stopped at 25 just to give you the flavor. I mean, this is a very common issue. So to get you on the road to growing your self-discipline, my first suggestion or the first thing I'm going to recommend is that you change your focus. Growing self-discipline is very much like addressing low self-esteem. When someone has low self-esteem, you don't go work on self-esteem per se. You work on actions and activities to build self-esteem. So you're not really working on self-esteem. You're working on those actions and those programs and those plans and those things that are going to nurture and build self-esteem. And self-discipline is very similar. So you're not going to work on self-discipline. You are going to take actions and steps that will nurture and build self-discipline that I'm going to cover in the podcast. So if you feel that you need to grow or build your self-discipline, <clears throat> you're not going to work directly on self-discipline. You're going to do the things that are going to help you build that skill. So some tools along the way. Well, number one. To build self-discipline, it is extremely important, wildly valuable, and I highly suggest that you have a reward system. Now, I recently had a Newsweek.com article about having a reward system that you can find on Newsweek.com, but it's basically, you know, about leveling up and having a reward system. And I've talked about this in several podcasts, I have a blog post about it, YouTube videos. You are talking about change, and change is not easy for people. Most people are actually going to flee and run, like turn the other way and run, if you talk about change. So when you implement a personal reward system, you're giving yourself a little add-a-girl, add-a-boy, pats on the back. You're getting little prizes or rewards or, you know, good. you're getting goodies. And you're acknowledging, you're actually seeing that, hey, look, I, I earned this, whatever it is, whatever reward. I mean, like, one of my rewards is to go spend time with my friend. Uh, I won't say her name, but she's really sweet, and I have such a great time. And that's one of my rewards, because I, you know, I'm working hard and doing a lot of things, so I bake rewards into my life every week, because they're amazing. And when you're talking about changing your behavior, you need to have a structure and a system in place to help you be successful because the drift of life is you're just going to get back into your old patterns and not be successful. And rewards can be extremely fun. They should be rewards should be great and fun. They should be things that inspire you and that you look forward to and you know I'm actually thinking this morning, I was thinking about, oh, I think I'm going to set up a reunion for next spring because I would really enjoy that. And then that can be one of my little rewards that I get to work on that um, because it will be amazing. I've done re uh, reunions in the past and they're really a lot of fun. But you want to have a reward system with great rewards and it doesn't have to cost anything. It doesn't have to break the bank. But you've got to support change and support change in your behavior. Number two, set goals. 
the research is clear that setting goals and then taking actions towards your goals will help you be happier. And clearly, you want a certain kind of life. And even if you've had a very, very hard life, which I know all about, you can set goals. You can change your life. You actually can. So set some goals. Number three, be up to something. Be inspired about something, anything. It can be, you know, cleaning out a closet or your car. It could be, you know, going to visit someone you haven't seen for a while. It could be like setting up a reunion. It could be, you know, clipping your mother's art to make a really cool something or other. Like you want to be up to something. It doesn't have to be gigantic. It doesn't have to be huge, but you want to be inspired about something. Be up to something. That's a very valuable little trick or tool always in life. It just really is. All right, number four. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm a diehard fan of this. Create a team or at least a buddy because life is so hard. You know, it's way more fun to have a team. Okay, or at least a buddy, you know, whether you want to do weight loss or you want to just improve your life or you want to, like, go for some magical dreams, whatever it is, you will be significantly more successful if you have, at the minimum, a buddy and even more successful if you have a team. We know that from the research. It goes from 65 to, like, 90-some percent. You know, if you have support, so we're talking about you want to have a better life, you want to be happier, you want to be healthier, you know, whatever it is, you want to grow self-discipline. Okay, so you're going to set up a reward system and then you're going to get a team and it doesn't have to be 10 people. It could be you and a, a friend. It could be you and somebody you don't know well. You could find them on social media. Hey, who wants to, you know, better their lives? I'm looking for, you know, a partner in crime and, and make it an adventure and make it fun. I'm a diehard fan of fun. I did a podcast about having fun and playing in life. And I do that like, because life is too hard. Why would you not want to play? And why would you not want to have fun? I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that question. So create a team or at least a buddy. Make it wildly fun. Make it like, listen, I did a safety party for my stepchildren back in the day. And we had prizes and candy. And it was a very serious topic. It was a safety party. It was about them being safe. And, and it was memorable, and it was a lot of fun, and they learned a great deal. So make it fun. Like, set up parties or events to celebrate and to get motivated. And my next tool, before I get into the suggestions, is to use affirmations while you're in process. So if you're not familiar with affirmations, they are basically a one sentence, or they can be two sentences. They are short statements that call to your heart or speak to your heart or address an issue. And they are the way to take advantage of neuroplasticity of the brain. So you want to grow new skills and become more self-disciplined. So you're going to set up a reward system. You're going to set up some goals that you're going to go for. You're going to reward yourself as you're making progress. Hopefully you're going to have a team and you're going to have like some cool parties and you know, you can even dress up. I mean, you could really go all out and have a lot of fun. 
but affirmations are something that can help you in this process. They're really the way to kind of backdoor it or shortcut, rewire what's in your subconscious and unconscious mind. Now, if you're not familiar with your subconscious and unconscious mind, which most people are not, I have a whole podcast about it. It's a very fascinating uh, topic to me because this is actually what's running your life. What's running your life is the decisions, judgments, statements, declarations, whatnot, conclusions you've reached about life that you're not aware of. That's why it's in the subconscious or unconscious mind. So an affirmation could be um, life is happiness is a choice. I choose to be happy. I actually stole that from somebody I work with. She used it and I, and it's great. It worked for her. I've had other people I work with who've chosen that as well. But you know, it's a, it's a short statement, you know, like I'm good enough or my life is going to become magical or my life is magical or whatever it is. And you can look up affirmations on the web. There's a whole bunch of stuff written about it. Um, back in the early 1920s, Florence Scovel Shin wrote the book, The Game of Life and How to Play It. And you can, if you Google Florence Scovel Shin, you'll find uh, a website dedicated to her and her books and the and a lot of affirmations that are in her books. You can still buy her books, by the way. So use affirmations to support you transitioning and making change. So those are some of the tools you have. Now, here are my suggestions. If you know that you want to begin to build self-discipline or you know that it's something you need to grow. Number one, you need to own and claim where you are about self-discipline and not have it be bad or wrong. I mean, I've had people tell me, oh, I couldn't set up a reward system because I would take all the rewards without doing the work. Okay, well, that would invalidate the reward system because in a reward system, you actually have to do things to earn the rewards. So for somebody like that, like, they would need a team and they would need some support because they already know themselves well enough to know they wouldn't do the work. They would just take the rewards. That, that doesn't work. So you need to just own and claim wherever you are about self-discipline and not have it be bad or wrong or not have yourself be, la- be labeling yourself as a loser or some other low life. No, not having self-discipline or having low self-discipline is extremely common and is some, simply something you can grow but the first step is owning and claiming where you are. My next suggestion is commit to living your best life. Remember when I said you're going to change your focus to build self-discipline? Well one of the great places to start is choosing to live your best life right here right now today not to wait till tomorrow and just dive in and get started. That's a great way to change your focus. So if you need to grow self-discipline, how about putting on your being up to something, living your best life? What would that look like? Well, I don't know what that would look like for you because I'm not you. I have no idea what it would look like for you. I know what it looks like for me because I'm on it. I'm on it. I got my list. I got my goals. I'm accomplishing stuff because I have I have big dreams, people. <laughs> and one of my big dreams is people being happy and having the skills to have life be easier because life is so hard. I mean, it really is. I mean, I know how hard life is. 
and you know having more people be happier is on my goal list so commit to living your best life and get going and get started uh, number three figure out who you can put on your team and get a team or at least a buddy listen with the rates of depression and the rates of anxiety and the rates of, of sadness and loneliness and all of these things that are going on, there are tons of people who need to commit to living their best life who would say, oh, yeah, I could use a boost in that. Oh, that's, well, that's interesting. And then you're going to, you're going to, create a name for your team and it, or a name for your journey you know it could be the quest to you know happiness or you know an odyssey or you know whatever it is name it make it fun you know you can do characters from a movie or a book or, like you could have so much fun with this and I highly recommend it I highly recommend it and of course I hope you're going to set up a reward system which is number five Yes, you're going to set up a reward system, figure out what's within your financial prudence, what's financially prudent for you with a reward system, and then set up rewards. I already gave you an example. Um, I get to go see my friend, and uh, actually sometimes I'll make dinner and take it to her, and, and, uh, and that's just one example. Another example is, you know, arts and crafts. I have all kinds of things that I love to do. I already mentioned I'm thinking I'll set up a reunion for next year because that will be loads of fun and I'll enjoy the process as well. So rewards don't have to cost you money and sometimes they do. I mean, I bought this really cute apron as a reward, you know, like so, you know, do a reward system that's within your financial means and prudent. All right, next I recommend to boost your self-care and self-compassion right away as in immediately. More often than not, people aren't that great at self-care. And there's a whole lot of things involved in self-care. It's not just, are you eating well and sleeping well? There's a ton of stuff involved in self-care. And you want to have self-care be fun and amazing. It will help you feel better. It will help you deal with your any physical pain. And really, it can make you look younger, which is not bad. It's not a bad thing. And self self-compassion. Self-compassion is harder to grow, in my opinion, because I, I know I had to what I, what I had to do to grow my to tame my inner critic and grow self-compassion, and that's in a podcast on self-care and self-compassion. So those are two things that are foundations for life. So remember, I said you're going to commit to living your best life. Well, I hope you are. What you want to be miserable and have a terrible life? No, you don't want that. You want to have a happy life. You want to be healthy. You want to have love in your life. So self-care and self-compassion are two things that are just have to have to be in your life. Next, number seven, take on emotions as your superpower. Now, I did a Newsweek article on emotions as a superpower. I have a podcast. I actually have my second podcast is emotions as your superpower. However, I have several other podcasts about emotions and they'll all help you to grow your emotions as a superpower because trust me, when you know how to identify and pinpoint your emotions, how you're feeling, and then process and manage your emotions, it is like, you know, like having, you know, webbing if you're Spider-Man or being able to fly like Superman. I mean, like it is 
awesome. It was so awesome. You don't get taken out of the game of life. You know, people don't offend you. It's just a rich, 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 amazing thing. So take on your emotions and emotional intelligence. I already mentioned affirmations. So this is number eight. Use daily affirmations to help tame your inner critic, to help inspire you, to help you deal with issues. I mean, you know, affirmations can be very specific and very targeted to areas you're working on. And, you know, oftentimes it's being kind to yourself, but, you know, sometimes for other people it's happiness. Like, happiness is a choice and I choose to be happy. But affirmations are extremely powerful. They're free, they're easy, but you want to do them many, many, many times a day with rigor. And you are developing new neuronal pathways by doing so. All right, next I suggest bringing happiness into your life and making it a big, huge priority. Why? Well, because of the science of psychoneuroimmunology, I know they, they call that PNI, but it's psychoneuroimmunology, the field of psychology, the field of neurology, and the field of immunology all working together. It is fascinating stuff. And I did do a very bold podcast. I mean, for me, it was bold, where I assert that happiness can literally save your life. And I say that boldly with the science of psychoneuroimmunology and neuroplasticity of the brain. And I give the science in the podcast, which I don't normally do. I'm not heavy. I mean, my podcasts are for regular people, lay people, although I know therapists listen to them as well, um, and, some and some doctors. But happiness, we know, like in heart disease and in the, in the cardiac realm, we know happiness will help you with your blood pressure. It's protective for the heart. We know all these things about happiness and your immune system, etc. But you, even if your life is extremely painful and very difficult right now, you can bring happiness into your life. And you can also take advantage of what's called post-traumatic growth, which means you become a better version of yourself and life becomes more rewarding and rich as a result of a life challenge, a or bereavement, or some type of loss. So making happiness more central to your life, which you will have to do with intentionality, is going to help you in growing self-discipline. And I do things all the time that make me happy. Why? Because I like to be happy. Like, for example, I enjoyed the first giveaway I did so much, I decided I was going to do it again. And I'm Enjoying the second one, I'm going to do it again because it makes me happy and I like being happy. I also do lots of things just because they make me happy. And <clears throat> I'm not, <clears throat> by the way, I'm not minimizing how difficult life is. If you've listened to a lot of my podcasts and I talk about some of the things that I can talk about, then you know I've had a very hard life. And my podcast, I have a three-part series podcast called Crash Course in Happiness, which is three separate podcasts that highlights like the different skills and the different, you know, habits and practices that all together make happiness 
an option no matter what's happening in your life. And mostly happiness is something for people where as long as life is going kind of your way, kind of going your way or mostly going your way, you can be happy. But when one or two things tank, then you're just miserable and unhappy. And happiness is something that you can have even when life is extremely difficult. Like even when life is, you know, like when you have six major life challenges happening in a short period of time. So bring happiness into your life with intentionality and lots of my materials will help you. Next, if life is too overwhelming for you or life is too hard, then my suggestion is that you get a team together immediately or at least at a minimum a buddy and start doing some work to sort yourself out. And my, actually, my next upcoming podcast is going to be about when, when life is hard because life is hard. There's like, if you haven't had hard hardships and traumas in your life, then God bless you. I'm very happy for you. But for the majority of people, life is a series of life challenges and hardships. That's just the way it goes. But right now, listening to this podcast, if life seems too hard or too overwhelming, then let's get at least a buddy you know, or a team and start sorting it out because people will help you. It probably might not be the people that you'd like to help you. It probably might not be the people you expect to help you, but that's okay. You take the help where you can get it. And lastly, don't give up. Rome wasn't built in a day and nothing happens pretty much overnight. But over time, if you stick with the program, and do the steps and actions I've suggested, it will, it will come. It will come, I promise you. All right, so some takeaways. Number one, it's time to recognize that regardless of where you are with self-discipline, it can be grown and it can be developed with the right set of actions. Number two, it's, start, it's time to start living your best life and be happy because that's possible for you. And takeaway number three is it's time to get at least a buddy, if not a group together, and create a wildly delicious, amazing, and fun adventure because you can and because it will be way more fun than going it alone. And then for my call to action, like it's really just time to get into action, have your life be the best that it can be. And my second call to action is that you really do create a quest or an adventure or an odyssey and take a group of people with you, make a name, get some character. I don't care how you do it, but make it fun. Have parties, definitely have parties and events. And lastly, share this podcast on social media to help other people start to grow their self-discipline. That's it. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 63, Growing Self-Discipline. I hope you're going to take the actions I outline and start growing your self-discipline because you can. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. And please visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com to enter my current giveaway. Who knows, you might win. I love you. I appreciate you. Hang in there for now.